1: Is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Thursday edition of a Pack-A-Day Podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. We've made it to the final two NFL games of the season. One of them we probably don't really care that much about, the other one being the Super Bowl, which, I mean, if we're being honest, uh, you know, Green Bay not being in it, as disappointing as that is, I feel like we're all still gonna watch it anyway. It's it's kind of just become one of those things. If you're a football fan, even if your team's not in, and it, it's such a great product. The NFL does a great job of, you know, garnering interest. And I mean, you know, some kind of exciting teams. I mean, 1988 was the last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. I wasn't even alive yet. The last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. I was not born. And I don't consider myself—I don't consider myself old, but I don't consider myself young anymore. I'm about to turn 30, which is weird. But um, nonetheless, it's—we're uh, we're coming down to the end of the season. It's—it's—you um, know, bittersweet that there's not going to be much football for about—you know. Seven months now. Although that the, the offseason, one of the nice things about the extension of everything is the off season shorter. Instead of us talking, what this weekend already about an upcoming Super Bowl, still got a little bit more time pushes everything out, it shortens the off season, so less time between uh, between meaningful games. But um, you know, it's. Uh, It is what it is. So uh, welcoming today to the show, Maggie, no Jacob today. Uh, Jacob's dealing with some things uh, in his own personal life today, so he is unable to join us. But Maggie, um, talking about the Pro Bowl this weekend, the the first and most important question about the Pro Bowl is, will you be watching on Sunday?
2: I will not be, and that's because I'll be driving back from a bridal shower in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. So maybe if I get home in time, i will be watching but otherwise you know and okay do you do they do the skill challenge are they doing that this year because i never actually watched the game but like i will tune in to watch them play dodgeball
1: well you know i don't know if they are doing the skills challenge but i mean that that tells you a lot about the product of the actual game and considering how popular football is in the sense that we'll watch preseason games and we'll watch all these extra games they're putting on and yet, we would all rather watch a skills challenge than an actual pro bowl game. So I don't know if they're doing that, but I totally agree with you. I'd rather, I'd much rather watch them play dodgeball than than a football game that doesn't matter. So, um, I mean, yeah, I I don't think I'm going to be tuning in uh, just because the game's never really been all that interesting. It doesn't mean anything, and I mean. Not that other all-star games are all that great. I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, baseball is the only one with anything meaningful to it. And even with that, there's still some controversy around whether or not an all-star game should determine home field advantage in the World Series. But um, not like the NFL is really falling behind the NBA or the NHL or Major League Baseball in that. Uh, but, I mean, there are a few things to talk about with the Pro Bowl this weekend. Um Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Kenny Clark were the only three uh, Packer players selected as starters for the game. Uh, There were plenty of alternates, but as of right now, Maggie, we were talking right before we started here that Obviously Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams are not playing. It sounds as if Kenny Clark is going to be playing from everything that we know as of right now, I would assume if we haven't heard anything that he's going to play on Sunday. Um, and then there's a list of alternates, but as of right now, we haven't heard anything about any of them. So um, Kenny Clark, the only one to be playing, um, but probably the bigger thing, if we really care is, I mean, Matt LaFleur is going to be uh, coaching on Sunday, which is, Might be interesting for nothing more than the fact that the coaching staff uh, in Green Bay, for better or for worse, uh, for whatever reasons, uh, has undergone a lot of changes since the season ended. Uh, Lots of coaches leaving for different positions. Um, Obviously, Mo Drayton at this point no longer with the team. Um, But uh, I mean... Matt Lafleur coaching in the game. I mean, does that, are, is, is there really even a talking point with that? Is there anything really to discuss? I mean, we're not going to learn anything. I mean, other than maybe he, you know, some of these guys that we're going to talk about in a few minutes about some of the in-house promotions that they've made, but that we can see what they're going to do. But again, with the game, not meaning much. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I wouldn't expect to to have much of a, storyline coming out of this Sunday, would you think?
2: No, but I do want to see Matt Lafleur get weird. Like, I want to see him open up the playbook. A lot of the stuff he wouldn't use in a normal game, like Statue of Liberty is like, you know, let's get wild. Let's see some creative stuff when you've got all these offensive weapons at your disposal. You know, when you're dealing with three Devontes as your wide receivers instead of Devontae and, you know, whoever else is out there, or when you've got all pros all across the board. I just think it'd be fun to see some really creative play calling and then if there's anything that you can use in 2022 you know or tweak it that'd be kind of fun so i just like to see coaches get super creative and you know you're, you don't often play with a team full of pro bowl caliber players so when you've got the best in the business well there's an asterisk now because Kirk cousins is there but when you've got the best in the business at their respective positions at your disposal on offense and on defense, I think you, you know, you get a little wiggle room to do some, some fun stuff.
1: Yeah. You you brought up an actually an interesting point. And obviously Matt LaFleur doesn't have really any control over the roster. Brian Gutekunst is the one, you know, making roster decisions, signing players, cutting players. But I mean, you brought up something about, you know, the idea of having three Devontes. Uh, Do you think that, you know, maybe there's something that he throughout coaching this game sees something of like, you know, hey, like, let's, you know, and he can see that and take it to Gutekunst to be like, we really, like, you know, obviously, if we have to replace Devontae, like, this is why it's important. And if we bring him back, you know, this idea of getting somebody um, potentially in free agency, again, not sure how they're going to find that money. But I mean, I guess, I don't know, talk to Sean McVeigh. They've been able to find a way to manipulate the cap well enough, and Green Bay's done a great enough job with it. But I mean... Do you think that's something that I guess kind of a little inside of the organization, Brian Guttekunst is making the decision. I mean, do you think it's possible that Matt LaFleur throughout the season is going to Gudekunst and maybe in the off season saying, Hey, these are guys that I think we should go after.
2: Yeah. I think that, you know, in my mind, I'm picturing Matt LaFleur heading down to, to Vegas with like a trench coat and in it, he's got a bunch of, cards that just say Brian Gutekunst and like 1265 Lombardi and he's just going up to every street free agent and slipping one out of his trench coat and telling them to call him um you know I I think Devante personally stays a packer whether that's on the franchise tag or a long-term deal at, at least a franchise tag for next season but it does make a lot of sense for him to be like oh look we've got you know a lot of this talent coming up and if there's for all the talk of you know it's not a rebuild it's a retooling or a reloading whatever it is I think, you know, it's nice to make those connections because not that it means too much. And, you know, Matt LaFleur is not the one paying the bills, but I do think it's interesting for him to get a look at some players and especially the gadget guys that will be down there that, you know, we talked about he could utilize in a Green Bay offense.
1: Absolutely. Well, the uh, Pro Bowl, you know, it's uh, it's. It's going to be on on sunday so whether you want to <laughs> it, watch is what it, it is it is what it is i don't know what more to say about it but uh well let's talk about the other football game that'll be played the following sunday um rams and Bengals. uh so the rams being in the super bowl probably not overly surprising probably not everybody's necessarily first pick that they would have had but I don't think anyone's really surprised to see the Rams there. The Bengals, on the other hand, though, I saw, and I don't, you know, I'm sure there were many different odds, but something I saw uh, uh, shortly after the Bengals made the Super Bowl that they to start the season had the set we were tied for the second worst odds to make the Super Bowl this year. Um. Yeah. So Maggie, surprised that the Bengals are going to be there on Super Bowl Sunday.
2: I don't know. And I think maybe as like a dark horse, like I might have expected them to be a wild card candidate, but you know, everybody thought the Browns were gonna be the winners of the AFC North this year. They had the Steelers with, you know, I mean, I know Big Ben has declined significantly, but that defense was keeping them in games. You had the Ravens. It it felt like a long shot for the Bengals, but you know, I think that kind of goes to show too, like what you can do with a franchise quarterback. And, you know, the emphasis on weapons and I know there's been a lot of talk about their defense, you know, maybe not being up to par with the rest of the team, but that defense kept Pat Mahomes in check on Sunday and the defense is a large part of why they're going to the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I'm with you. I think it's fun when new teams are there. It's a really low stakes kind of Super Bowl. There's no villain this year. There's nobody that you can say like, oh man, they were just there. They just won. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of Bengals fans going into Super Bowl Sunday just because, you know, they've never won one. It's their it's their time.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, and I, I agree with what you said about a low stakes Super Bowl, because Annie and I, we've talked about, you know, who would be, you know, rooting for. And we're, we're both on the same page of we're going to be rooting for the Bengals on Sunday. Joe Burrow is so much fun to watch. Um. And but, you know, on the other side, the Rams, you know. Sean McVay, he seems like a pretty cool stand-up guy. You know, he's really young. And, I mean, Matt Stafford, if he wins, you know, great for him. You know, it would be kind of nice for him to to win one. But, um, obviously, you know, we'll have rooting interest, but it is nice, like you said, when, you know, you're not having to sit there. Because, I mean, I, if the 49ers had made the Super Bowl, I would have been like, yeah, it's Bengals yeah. all the way, and I'll be disappointed if if they don't win at all at this point. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, so talking about the Super Bowl, it should be fun, but uh, you know, one of the things that as of late has kind of been a criticism of the NFL, and not that they're short of any criticism uh these days, but um the average ticket price right now, I just checked on SeatGeek uh a few minutes before we started recording. So I'm sure this will fluctuate between now and the game, but the average ticket price right now for the game for one ticket before fees is about $5,000, which, you know, when you consider i was looking at tickets for the divisional round game for the packers and the 49ers on SeatGeek. those tickets were going for mm, between two and three hundred dollars depending where you sat and you could get up probably into a thousand or two thousand depending on where you sat and but the average ticket price was between two and three hundred dollars and i understand it's the biggest spectacle of the year in football and probably in all of sports but i mean you know 2 to 300 dollars for a divisional round game and now we're sitting at 5000 and you know i mean that's not even really just due to the fact that it was that it's in Los Angeles where, you know, things cost more. Cause I mean, I remember Maggie, I've never been to a super bowl. It's on my bucket list. And I wanted to go that the year, the, uh, the Patriots and the Eagles played because it was in Minneapolis. My parents live an hour from Minneapolis. So I figured that would be my best bet because I wouldn't have to pay for a hotel. I wouldn't have to, I'd literally just have to pay for my ticket and anything I would maybe want at the game and tickets for that game were like three grand a piece. So, I mean, it's not necessarily affordable for the, you know, regular fan to be able to attend anymore. So, I mean, just, you know, we kind of kicked around the idea, like, first of all, like, what would be your kind of price point for a ticket? But, I mean, if the Packers had made the Super Bowl, Maggie, would you and you out there listening, you let us know, would you spend five grand and – mind you that's before they tack on the probably two grand worth of fees for your ticket would you spend that kind of money maggie to go to a packer super bowl
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
3: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: You know, I know everybody joked about it on Twitter because Jacob on this very podcast In the beginning of the season, predicted a Browns-Packers Super Bowl, and Mark and I had always joked and said, like, if both of our teams were there, then I think you pay the money and go, and like, you know, we definitely like refinance the house. (laughs) Like, there would be a lot of factors into paying that, but I don't think I could justify it, like. Maybe before I bought my house and before I had like quote unquote adult responsibilities, but Mark and I just had to shell out $8,000 for a new AC and furnace because they both, you know, decided to die at the same exact time. So, course, when I think about that, <laughs> when I think about that kind of money and I think about the fact that that wouldn't even cover two Super Bowl tickets, um, unless I win the lottery, there's, I don't think you're going to see me at any Super Bowls.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think for me, I don't think I would, I don't think I would pay it just because. I mean, again, I know it's a you know, and that and I mean that money that you were that you and I were talking about beforehand was that just gets you into the game. You know, that doesn't, you know, cover your trip from Wisconsin to <clears throat> to California. And I mean, we all know that hotel prices that weekend are gonna be three times what they would normally be because of the Super Bowl. You know, it doesn't cover your trip there. It doesn't cover any of your lodging. It doesn't cover any of your meals. I mean, if you're thinking with, you know, two tickets at five grand a piece with two grand per ticket for fees, you're $14,000 just to get into the door and you're probably spending another, I don't know, out in LA, maybe you spend another three to $4,000 on food and, and lodging for a weekend. I mean... You're looking at a $20,000 bill roughly for a Super Bowl where I could have gone to the divisional round game for $500. You know, if Andy and I wanted to go, that seems like a steep price. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, not on the money that I make. I can't, I couldn't afford to do that. And I don't think I could find a way to justify it. So it's, it's kind of a shame that, you know, I mean, because even like, I mean, that's going to be the most disappointing thing is for your Rams fan. You know, they're playing in their home stadium. And I mean, you know, even if you're a season ticket holder, they don't offer you tickets just because it's at SoFi Stadium. You know, the typical Rams fan probably can't even go, and even if they live right there in LA. So, um, you know, kind of disappointing, but I guess it is what it is. And, The NFL there, they can make the money off of it and they sell out the game. So, Um, but real quick, Maggie, uh, your early thought prediction on the Super Bowl: who do you think is going to win the game?
2: I mean, my brain says the Rams solely because I don't see the Bengals offensive line holding up against the Rams defensive front. Like, I think that's a huge mismatch. And, you know, I hope that Joe Burrow stays upright because that's really scary, but, the way that the Bengals were able to bounce back against the Chiefs, it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bengals were able to pull this off. I just think if the Rams are able to get a lot of pressure with their, their front, it's going to be a Rams victory.
1: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things I'm right there with you. My brain says the, the Rams, but my brain also said the Titans, and my brain also said the Chiefs, and <laughs> that didn't work out. So... Um, I but I think I think your point about the the Rams defensive line and how the Bengals offensive line holds up against that is going to decide the game. Like I think that's where the game is going to be totally decided because um, if they can't block that Rams offensive front, I don't think there's I don't think there's a chance. If they can, then clearly we're going to have a good game. But I mean, at this point, that's really all we're really hoping for is because. No matter what you think of it, that that Seahawks uh, Broncos game from what was it like 2013 was like the worst Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls <laughs> that I can remember, and nobody wants that. So, but uh, all right, well Maggie, let's actually jump into some legitimate Packers stuff here. Um, so we'd mentioned earlier. Lots of changes with the coaching staff. Um, Nathaniel Hackett uh, gone to Denver as their new head coach. Luke Getze has left as well to go to the Bears, which might be the most hurtful one. Uh, kudos to him for getting the, the the promotion and being able to call plays. But, man, you couldn't have left the division. Like, come on. Um and then Justin, oh, how, how am I pronouncing his last name? Is that, Is it Outon? Is that Outen? You, yeah. Outen? Uh, he was uh, what the tight ends coach here in Green Bay. He's also gone to Denver. Um, and then, so we have Adam Stenovich, he's been promoted from the offensive line uh, to the offensive coordinator. Uh, Jason Vrabel from uh has been promoted to the wide receiver coach and passing coordinator, passing game coordinator. And then, Uh, Luke Buckus has been promoted to offensive line coach. So Maggie, I will, I will be quite honest here. I know Matt LaFleur as the head coach. I knew Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator. And then obviously Joe Barry uh, as the defensive coordinator. And then, Uh, you know, we all knew Mo Drayton was the special teams coordinator, but beyond those guys, I don't know much. So as you're informing the audience, I'm going to be learning with them. So I'm going to, so (laughs) just let's start with Adam Stenevich. He was the offensive line coach and um, he was probably outside of your coordinators and head coach, probably the one that most people knew because he was the offensive line coach and, kind of the magic he worked this past season with all the injuries that he had to deal with and getting that, you know, set in place and doing the work that he's done. So he moves from offensive line coach to offensive coordinator. Um, So what does that move look like? I mean, I presume he's not calling plays because, I mean, Luke Getzey didn't do that here in Green Bay. That's Matt LaFleur's job. But what can Packer fans expect to see from him moving from that offensive line coach to offensive coordinator now?
2: I mean, when I found out that Hackett was getting the Broncos job and that he was, you know, looking at guys like Getzey and Senovich and Outen, the one person that I did not want to lose was Adam Senovich. And a large part of that was because of the work that he did with the Packers offensive line, you know, rolling out guys like Yash Nyman, who played really well at left tackle all season. Um, But another reason for that, because he used to be the run game coordinator for the Packers in 2021, It just made me think about the future, you know, potentially without Aaron Rodgers, if he retires or if he goes elsewhere, you have to think a large part of this 2022 Packers offense is going to kind of funnel through the run game. And, you know, a lot of that, again, is reliant on the offensive line. So if you're getting Jordan Love up to speed in an NFL offense and you don't want him to be throwing, you know, 40 attempts a game. So to keep Adam Senevich there, keep the offensive line intact, promote Luke Butkus, and then you know, hopefully we'll see what Matt LaFleur and Senovich can do when they kind of scheme up around maybe a more run-focused team because we've always seen Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the air attack for the Packers offense. It's going to be really interesting to go into next season with a defense that's intact, a defense that has a ton of young stars like Kenny Clark, you know, maybe the Packers bring back Devondre Campbell, but you've got Eric Stokes, Jair will be healthy, a really good secondary Um, So the identity of the team really could be the Packers run game and a really stout defense. So to me, it made the most sense to retain Adam Stenovich. And it sounded like, you know, you kind of mentioned it. Luke wanted the opportunity, Getzi, to be able to call plays. And that was something that Matt LaFleur was not going to give up in Green Bay. So I think instead, you know, it made sense to promote Frabel. Let him be in charge of the passing game um but there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces now you know they, they'll have to find a new tight ends coach unsure what that room will even look like if big dog comes back robert Tunyon's a free agent you've got basically only daguara as you know somebody that'll for sure be back and that'll be a new position coach but ben sermons did stay the running backs coach and that position is pretty much set when you've got aaron jones aj Dillon, patrick taylor and then kylan hill getting healthy from the acl so a lot of moving pieces, I think for the offense, especially, you know, the two biggest ones and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, but a lot of stability when it comes to the coaching staff and, you know, the run game and the offensive line.
1: So obviously at this point, we we've talked about tight ends coach. Uh, we know the special teams coordinator position is open. Are those the only two position? Uh, are those the only two positions right now on the coaching staff that are open or are they still filling more positions Um because I feel like for most fans, you know, you kind of know the, the, the top ones, you know, the coach, both coordinators, special teams coordinator. And then once you kind of, you know, it's a little bit more nuanced as you go down the the line from there. But, I mean, do they – how many more – do you know how many more coaching positions they have to fill beyond those two?
2: Yeah, so it should be, you know, because Luke Butkus got the promotion to offensive line um, and Vrabel stayed wide receivers coach. So I believe – that all that should be left is the tight ends coach and i think the justin out news was announced today february 2nd so i would imagine they'll be interviewing for that or potentially maybe you know promoting somebody in-house but i think that's it
1: okay so not i mean they've they've done a good job of filling filling those positions i mean at this point it feels like the uh, especially the offensive side of the ball has been pillaged by the rest of the nfl but i mean when you go 13 and three, three consecutive years, and most of that's due to the offense, it's bound to happen. So, um, but yeah, it'd definitely be interesting to see, um, you know, what that coaching staff looks like. And then, I mean, I'll be honest, Maggie, you know, I feel like special teams coordinator is not a position that you want to know the name of the coach, unless you're really good. And I feel like the only way you know the the name of your special teams coordinator is if you're really good or if you're really bad. And unfortunately for Green Bay, we've known the name of our special teams coordinator for all of the wrong reasons (laughs) the past 10 years, it seems like. Um, And so that's one thing that I think is worth mentioning, you know, with the Packers parting ways with Mo Drayton is that you know, was it great this past year? No, but there was somebody, and I I, I, I apologize, Maggie, maybe you know, I, I know there's probably a couple people, I'd love to give them credit, but um, I just don't remember who put it out there that this is this is a problem that's bigger than Mo Drayton in the sense that their special teams hasn't been good for 10 years now. I mean, and I mean, they've finished in the last 10 years, 32nd, I believe somebody pointed out three separate times. So, I mean, to say that, you know, this is just a Mo Drayton problem is, is not fair to say. It seems to be, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's kind of along the same lines of that inside linebacker position that the Packers just haven't, overly valued for you know the last several years i don't know if it's if that's just kind of the same thing but i mean you know are there any kind of leading candidates that the packers might be looking at because i would assume at this point they're kind of in a in a tough spot where i'm i'm sure fans will not be accepting of promoting from within and if you're going to go and outsource the job to an outside individual given their track record, they're probably going to have to maybe overpay a little bit. And, you know, given that you'd be asking them to come in and improve the 32nd special teams, I mean, granted, there's only one way to go, which is up, but I mean, are there any kind of, are there any names out there right now that you're aware of that are, that, you know, might be good fits for the Packers at this point?
2: You know, I think one of the names that Packers fans maybe are familiar with is Jay Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is a special teams ace. The Ravens always have one of the best special teams unit units in the league. And I mean, you know, the the caveat here is that if Jim Harbaugh is the leading candidate to take over the Vikings head coaching position, there's a very good you know chance for him to bring his brother along and be a special teams coordinator. But all of the Harbaugh's typically are really good on special teams. So that's a potential possibility, I guess. Jay Harbaugh is a name I've seen out there the former Raiders head coach who was released as another really good candidate for special teams, but it sounds like he's also getting head coaching interviews as well still, which I thought he deserved. I thought that, you know, the turnaround taking the Raiders to the playoffs after such a tumultuous season with John Gruden, you know, was really significant, but I think, you know, it's kind of a systemic problem for the Packers special teams at this point. I talked to Aaron Nagler about it a little bit earlier this week for a cheesehead TV video, but you know, you see teams like the Rams with, Cooper Cup out there. I think Jalen Ramsey took some special team snaps. You see Debo out there for the 49ers. And, you know, we see what happens when you start starters as well. There can be injuries. AJ Dillon broke a rib on special teams playing for the Packers in the divisional round. But, you know, Kyle Shanahan had said after the game, like they knew one area that they could completely dominate Green Bay was on special teams. And that ended up costing the Packers the game. So I think the emphasis needs to be on you know, you're not going to put Devonte out there. Like you're not going to put your all pros out there, but getting some of your starters out there, getting, you know, people that have ball skills and are just, you know, really going to take over. There needs to be some vets out there. I think, you know, when the Packers are putting out new players every week because the bottom third of the roster is shuffling because of injuries or COVID there's no consistency. So you need, you know, the leaders to kind of step up and take ownership of special teams so that performances like we saw in the divisional round don't happen. So I think, you know, any new coach that comes in and takes over a special teams coordinator will have to work with Lafleur on just changing kind of the holistic approach to how Green Bay does special teams.
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely, a, it'll be something that, you know, last year it was the defensive coordinator. When Joe Barry came in and had his first game and it things didn't go well, you know, fans took notice of it right away. Now, granted, it worked out real well, so let's hope for another Joe Barry, but just on special teams, um, but I definitely will be something that, you know, we're all going to be in tune to uh, come September on how that's all going to work out. So, um, well, Maggie, last thing before we wrap up here, um, we had a, a listener um, on Twitter ask, uh, actually asked Jacob a question um, that, that he deferred to us since he is not able to be here. So um, from Austin Kelly, he was wondering if we could talk a little bit about uh, the idea is he wonders if the front office uh, would ask Rodgers to be willing to take less money to bring in free agents or keep, you know, certain impending free agents, uh, you know, on the team to, to, as he put it, help them get over the hump. For, first, you know, we'll kind of talk about it in two parts. I mean, first, do you think they would ask him? And, you know, two, you know, then the, the bigger question is, does he, you know, do you think Rodgers would be willing to do that?
2: To me, I don't necessarily know if it's about the money. I think if Rodgers comes back, it's not going to be a one year thing. I think that he either signs an extension to be the guy. And I think if that's the case, Jordan Love probably gets traded to give him the opportunity to compete and potentially start. Or I think he, you know, maybe retires. I don't think I see him coming back for like one more year. And if he did, it wouldn't necessarily be helpful for the Packers anyway. So I think if he comes back, it's a contract extension. And if it is a contract extension, they can you know, really heavily backload that. So the next couple of years come on a cheaper deal and that'll help alleviate a lot of the cap concerns that the Packers have going into these next couple seasons. So I guess by that account, you know, maybe they could work with Rogers contract, but I don't think it'll be something where they ask him to take less than what he's owed as what we're now thinking will be uh, back-to-back MVPs to, to stay in Green Bay. I think it'll be mutual in the sense that you know, I think he feels like they're close, but I also think these backloaded contracts are going to catch up to, you know, the Packers eventually, whether that's extending Jair, which, you know, is still something that they need to work on. If they're keeping Devante, these can all be backloaded contracts, but then, you know, you're just kind of kicking the salary cap can down the road and, You know, I think, you know, not to completely circle back, but it is interesting to think about the dynamic of the Bengals and the Rams because the Bengals have a quarterback on a rookie contract. They're star wide receivers on a rookie contract. So they theoretically, even next season, could go out and get a couple big names, whether or not they win the Super Bowl, and they can afford it. The Rams are just blowing up the salary cap. I don't think they have a first-round pick for at least a couple more seasons. So, you know, it's kind of... The gamble that you have in the NFL, if the Rams can win it all, knowing what they sacrificed to get there, does it change the trajectory of how rosters are built in the future, knowing that you can just go all in and, you know, get all of the franchise players like you're playing on Madden?
1: Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I agree with you. I don't think if if Rogers comes back, it's not going to be on a one year deal, uh, anything like that, because, I mean, that's one of the big things in in the last two years that he's kind of been frustrated with is he felt that he doesn't have, you know, security moving forward with the team. So, I mean, clearly, if he comes back, it's not going to be. Um, on the current contract that he's on and it's not just going to be for one year. Um, and so, I mean, they can certainly move that money around. I mean, I don't think it's, I mean, I feel like green Bay might ask him to take just a a little bit less on the idea of, you know, that the cap room hell that they're in currently is not great. Um, and But I mean, I don't necessarily think that they would ask him, you know, like, so if you put his salary at whatever it would be at 100 percent, you know, maybe they ask him to take like 95 percent of that. Like, I don't think they would ask him to, you know, massively downgrade his pay. I think you're right in the fact that they'll just backload the contract. But, you know, that brings in another question that's interesting is, you know, Devontae Adams has been very adamant about, you know, you know, he said before the start of the season that, He's not going to take less than what he's worth. Uh, he wants to make all the money that he can, which I mean, Hey, kudos to him. Um, but I mean, he like, do you think that there's any way that Devonte Adams, let's just say, so he's asking for that $30 million a year mark, which I think many of us think is probably over asking and he'll come down to a little bit less than that. But Do you think whatever he thinks the top market value is, do you think he would, if Green Bay came to him and said, look, we've got Aaron under contract for, let's just say it's three years. We've given him an extension. He's going to be the quarterback here for the next three years, barring something, you know, weird happening. I mean, because, I mean, these these wide receivers have to know to a certain extent that, I mean, part of the reason what makes them successful and get them the ball is – the guy that's throwing it. I mean, we saw that with Greg Jennings. He was great in Green Bay with Favre and Rogers, and then he went to Minnesota. And, you know, not that he wasn't that great, but I mean, he, there was a clear drop-off. So, I mean, do you think that the Packers can persuade Devontae? I mean, granted, I know at this point, everybody expects the Packers to tag him, but I mean, which, I mean, there's no, there's no negotiating on that. That's a set number, but if they were to give them a contract extension, do you think they could persuade him? I mean, obviously not a whole lot less, but I mean, if you're presenting with, Hey, your contract extension comes with a guarantee that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the one throwing you the football. Do you think that there's any way they can work him down a little bit? Or do you think Devonte Adams is going to stick to his? No, I'm taking the top dollar value that I can make.
2: Yeah. So I don't know if this is accurate. It looks like it's from over the cap. It might've changed, but right now the, the franchise tag for a wide receiver or the estimation of what it will be is a little over $19 million. And if it sounds like, you know, he's asking for 30 mil, I don't know if he would necessarily get thirty mil a year, but to lose 11 million is extremely significant. And I know, like you said, he wouldn't necessarily have a choice in that, but I do think a lot of it's dependent on Rogers and I, I could still see him leaving, even if Rogers stayed, to be quite honest, you know, if he thinks that there's a better opportunity for him elsewhere, you know, he's always talked about wanting to go play with Keenan Allen. I don't know if the chargers would have a market for him. He's talked about staying wherever Derek Carr goes because he might not be back with the Raiders. So he does have options, but I do think that he'd be reasonable in you know, the way that he approaches his contract. I don't know if he'll get 30 mil. You know, they always tell you ask for an astronomical number. And then when it comes down to something more realistic, that's about where you thought you'd be anyway. So you're winning in that regard. But I do know he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver. And I'm not sure, you know, just to play with Aaron Rodgers, if that would be enough to entice him to stay, if he knows what his value is. Because, you know, for a lot of these guys, they say it's about legacy and. It's not necessarily about the money, and I, I do believe that to an extent, but when you talk about what some of these players grew up around and trying to set themselves up financially for the rest of their lives and their kids' lives, you know, that's a huge difference, especially knowing that any day you could go out and tear your ACL or have some type of career-altering injury.
1: Yeah, well, and I think, I mean, quite honestly, if the Packers are going to work out a long-term deal with him, it's either going to have to be they're going to have to pay him top dollar, which I don't think that they can do right now. Um, the other, the only other bargaining chip the Packers really have is Aaron Rodgers, and I mean, I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers would have way more influence on Devontae Adams sticking around than anything else because they're pretty close, and obviously. Devontae knows what it's like to catch passes and he he got a little bit of uh, of a learning experience, not, and this is not anything against Jordan Love, but in that one game that Rogers missed, I mean, that was probably about the only time we've ever seen Devontae Adams truly like frustrated as far as, you know, the way the passing game was going. And I mean, you know, it's a good reminder that, you know, not everybody that you play with can get you the ball like Aaron can. So that'll definitely be something we'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, you know, thankfully this year we only have what about 26 and 16, like 30 some odd days, 42, something like that. I can't do math real well. So, um, (laughs) but shorter than, uh, than it was from last year. So interesting stuff. Uh, Maggie, real quick before we wrap up here, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How can they do that?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, and then all of the work I do will be posted there.
1: All right, perfect. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at producer nick lb gosh i don't even know my own twitter twitter handle it's kind of sad so uh that that's you can find it somewhere andy will tag it if you follow packet a podcast andy will tag me in the tweet for this podcast and you can just find it that way as well so um maggie thank you so much for joining today uh jacob best wishes to you with what you're going through right now um and for the rest of you enjoy the pro bowl if you're going to be watching that this weekend if not enjoy the super bowl um and uh yeah we'll talk to you guys next week thank you so much for listening everyone and as always go pack go